Hi, I'm Michael Stiddle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And it's Friday, October 17th. Welcome to Trendline. So Nick, we're heading into the final weekend of the campaign. I cannot believe it. Are there any surprises in the national numbers? Oh man, well, maybe it should be, I don't know if it is a surprise, but isn't a surprise, but it's like, uh, I think I'm calling it minority government fever, right? It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got- I think I've come uh, down with that too. Yeah, hopefully it's not terminal for our democracy. But anyways, <laughs> you know, we've got, uh, when we look at the national numbers, we've got, it, it actually doesn't get closer than this. You know, the we have the uh, conservatives at, uh, at 31.6, the Liberals at 31.5. Wow. The NDP at 19, Green Party at 9.5%, Bloc uh, at 6, and uh, People's Party at uh, about 2% nationally. Um, it, it looks like the trend coming out of the holiday weekend has continued. You know, like the trend coming out of the holiday weekend was a pickup for, for Jagmeet Singh and the New Democrats. And, uh, and a decline of the tie kind of, if you th think, think of that, those two tied trajectories between the conservatives and the liberals kind of going down together in a negative direction, but still tied, mm. right, basically just at around 32% respectively. So, so no big change, but uh, uh, in my experience, Saturday, Sunday, usually the numbers are different. Uh, something mm. usually happens. So, uh, so because, uh, you know, the reality is, is that people are going to have to start to make decisions. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see whether, uh, whether any of the parties or any of the individual leaders make a mistake, because if they make a mistake, big trouble. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, how much of this is sort of soft support? And, and when people actually get in front of that uh, polling booth, how many people do you think might have a, a change of heart? I'm not sure how many will have a change of heart because I think this has been a fairly polarizing campaign that uh, mm. if you if you support Andrew Scheer and listen to him during the campaign, you're probably pretty fired up about getting rid of the liberals. And if you're if you've been watching uh, Justin Trudeau and the liberals, I know there's you know, we all know uh, that there have been some disappointments like the blackface controversy, but you're still mm -hmm. worried about Andrew Scheer winning. So, you know, when you when you have those emotions of uh, kind of fear and anxiety uh, and anger playing into how people vote, it, it's usually not wishy-washy. It's not like the, uh, as my teenage sons would say, the meh election. It's an election that's actually polarized people. And right now, it's uh, polarized people into an indecision when it comes to someone forming a majority government now on my on my twitter feed i see a lot of uh people i, I suppose they're they're either anti-conservative i guess you could describe them or or pro-liberal and they're sort of begging ndp voters to to really think about a sheer government and to vote strategically yeah uh does that sort of thing work i mean do and can you pull for for possible strategic voting in this election yeah, well, actually, uh, strategic voting does happen, and it can work, but it's usually in situations where there is a front-running party that has an advantage in the ballot support, and someone wants to stop them, or they think that party should be stopped. So, uh, you know, to, to use your example of, uh, of Liberal Party uh, supporters that are urging New Democrats to vote Liberal, um, that would have more credibility if the if Andrew Scheer was five percentage points ahead of uh, of Justin Trudeau in terms of ballot support, but that's not the case right now. They're tied. So if you're if you're a New Democrat, 
you're probably saying, hey, I'm cool with that. It's going to be a minority government mm -hmm. will be a little more relevant mm -hmm. where they'll be. Uh, and, you know, in a minority government, those parties other than the front running parties also get a lot of profile. So uh, Jagmeet Singh, if you know, even if he wins fewer seats, he's still going to be a factor in the next uh, parliament. And if it's a minority parliament, they'll, he'll have more profile to put a spotlight on what he believes is important, his vision for Canada, and also himself in terms of further developing his personal brand. So so they're probably thinking minority government could be good for Jagmeet Singh to help rebuild the new mm -hmm. Democrats. Now, there's another question here. Uh, voters who may want a stable government at all costs. They don't, unlike us, Nick, they don't really enjoy an election campaign. And, <laughs> and the other night, uh, CTV chief anchor and senior editor Lisa Laflamme she spoke to NDP leader Jagmeet Singh about this question. If conservative leader Andrew Scheer forms the next government, but it's a minority government, and on day one he tries to repeal the carbon tax, would Jagmeet Singh vote against it and trigger another election? Would you vote down that in a minority situation? Uh, would you vote down the, the, the bill Andrew Shear's bill in January, which could possibly trigger an election. I mean, it's too much of a hypothetical. I can tell you, is generally it? speaking, yeah, it is too much of a hypothetical. What I can tell you is this, uh, that Canadians can expect from a new democratic government to deliver the services that their families need. Uh, people can expect from new Democrats that we're going to fight for them. And they were certainly not going to work with conservatives. So there you go. Uh, not a very specific answer to it. He's, he's, he's sort of possibly leaving it open, I suppose. Um, but do you think there's a real segment of voters who, who would be alarmed by that, that actually just want to vote for stability? Well, there's always some voters that uh, want to vote for stability, but I'm not sure they're going to turn themselves inside out and one day say that they're voting liberal and vote conservative, or another day say they're voting conservative and voting liberal because they want a stabil uh, stable government. Realistically, in a minority government, it's uh, when it comes to issues like the ones that Lisa Laflamme has raised, it's basically become, I'll call it uh, legislative and political chicken, right? Where mm -hmm. in, in the example that she used, Andrew Scheer would kind of move down a particular path that people would expect him to move down if he happened to be uh, presiding over a minority government. And uh, he would try to provoke, uh, he'd try to figure out the stress point. How much pressure could he put on the new Democrats before they would break in terms of... Uh, of, 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 of kind of avoiding an issue. And, you know, the one thing, let's look at this, let's take our hard political hats, put them on for a second. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the New Democrats uh, had, didn't raise as much money in the last election. Uh, they're doing better now uh, just because of their performance. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're under Jagmeet Singh. The fact of the matter is, is that they're rebuilding. I'm not sure he, it would, he would think that it's in the interests of the New Democrats and the new Democrat agenda for it to go back to the polls being weak. So, you know, this is where this is where, you know, the political calculus kind of kicks in when when this type of legislation is being introduced. But, you know, mm. I think I think uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is if we have a minority government, we'll be back at the polls within 18 to 18 months to two years. Like if you remember, uh, you know, 2004, 2006, 2008, 2010, we had elections. Mm -hmm. Canada survived. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a cycle of, uh, of minority, uh, governments. So, you know, I think what would be more interesting, uh, for voters would be if the new Democrats 
or the greens. Why don't we put them, and we'll put the block. Why don't we chuck everybody in there? New Dynamite Green or block. Basically picked one thing that they wanted as a condition for potentially supporting a government. So if Jagmeet Singh and the New Democrats said, you know what, if you want to survive, I want democratic renewal to happen. That's my condition. Mm -hmm. And then he can at least rationalize uh, partnering and supporting the liberals in the House of Commons if he, if he managed to advance the democratic agenda that's very important to new Democrat voters. And you know what, it's also important to many liberal voters because it's been a disappointment for some liberals that the liberals never made significant headway on that. Or for Elizabeth May, if she was a potential partner or supporter uh, of, uh, of a government to say, here's what we want to happen on the environment. So I think mm -hmm. what would be interesting for those parties not to have uh, kind of a, a general arrangement uh, with whoever the senior partner uh, would be or the, the minority government would be, but it would probably be more interesting if they said, pick one big thing that you want to happen so that you can go to your supporters and say, yes, uh, we uh, allowed this minority government to survive and to continue for a while, but look what we got. We got democratic renewal or we advanced our environment agenda and uh, we've actually achieved something even though we didn't win the election. I think that dynamic is probably a little more interesting and it probably means that the battle lines will be a little firmer, a little more firmly drawn come into the next uh, House of Commons. Now, the the seat count that we're ultimately going to end up with uh, Monday night, uh, how much will the mysterious province of BC change that? Because we don't really know what's going on there, or do we? Man, oh man, oh man. I'm just looking at the trend line this morning for British Columbia when I open up the Nanos data portal. And uh, mm. it's kind of like a, uh, a, I don't want to use a car crash, but it's a car crash of three vehicles right now. <laughs> no, seriously, oh, wow. there is only there is only one percentage point, one percentage point between the New Democrats, the Conservatives, and the Liberals uh, oh, wow. in the province of British Columbia. So we have uh, the NDP at 28, the Liberals at 28, the Conservatives at 27, the Green Party at 15. Um, mm. This uh, probably explains why Jagmeet Singh will probably or should be spending time in British Columbia, because uh, you know his numbers have uh, have improved, have trended up in British Columbia over the last 10 days. That's good news for him. There's probably a better chance for him to hold on to seats in British Columbia than in other parts of the country. And there are vote splits. There kind of, there'll be vote splits between. I'll call it uh, all of the parties. There'll be vote splits there that create a certain mm. level of uncertainty. So. Uh, so British Columbia, I think, will be very exciting uh, to watch because right now it is an absolute three-way dead heat uh, between the New Democrats, the Liberals, and the Conservatives. And how about uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould now running as an independent? Is, is she still pulling ahead of her rivals? Well, we statistically model all of the ridings in the country and... Uh, We've identified her riding as, a, as too close to call because of the, uh, hmm. the, the vote splits. Uh, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is that when the vote splits become too good, and you have to remember, she would be considered a progressive. She self-defined herself as a, as a progressive, uh, progressively-minded mm -hmm. politician. And there's just lots of progressive choices in, uh, in British Columbia between the New Democrats, the Liberals, and the Greens. So when the New Democrats weren't as strong, she looked a little better because there was less vote splitting. But now I think she's got to watch out a little bit uh, just because of uh, the New Democrats being on the rise. But she's got, a, she's got a strong personal following. 
and uh, you know, right now we would have that riding as a bit of a toss-up. So, Nick, what's your big takeaway for this final week? Minority fever. That's the big takeaway. So, <laughs> I use that in my hashtag today. Um, no one has the upper hand. Watch out for vote splits. And now I think we should be paying attention to, you know, for the new Democrats and Greens. What would they want? What would be the conditions of them supporting any minority government? And maybe it's fair for Canadians to ask them, put it on the table. You know, we're, we're coming mm. to a minority government. What are you going to do? And, uh, you know, to Lisa Laflamme's uh, point, answer the question. Because mm -hmm. I think Canadians at least deserve an understanding of what you might do, given the influence that you might have in terms of who would be the next government. And where can we find you? You can reach me on Twitter at N-I-K Nick Nanos or on the web at www.nanos.co. And I'm at Michael Siddle on Twitter. This episode was produced by Trevor Coral, Jesse Taharali, and Phil Hahn. Sound editing was done by Jesse Taharali. Our executive producer is Liz Travers. And Trendline, of course, is hosted by Nick Nanos and myself, Michael Stittle. Thanks for listening. Thank you.